It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger. Great song. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, at same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, just ahead of our dear friend Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. Christmas has arrived at United Sport and Cycle. Need something for an athlete or sports fan on your list? United has been Santa's workshop for over 95 years. And uh, Mr. McCurdy is a, you know, he's he's certainly got some years, but not 95 of them. But he's a wise fellow, and we appreciate his time. Thanks for joining us, Bruce. Yeah, I bought a pair of skates at United Cycle, and Ken Hitchcock was my salesperson. <laughs> this was a lot of years ago now. He sold me Micron skates. Wow. I needed help. I needed ankle support. Yes. <laughs> you know, I still do. Do you got a pair of those? I'd just take the, the blades off and walk around with them if I could. Uh-huh. Hey, first of all, you got to tell me what it is a nanny did in Jingle Bells? Wasn't it upsought? Okay, what stanza is that? Like the seventh? I don't know. When Nanny got upsought, oh, jing- it's in there. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I'll have to find the lyrics on on uh, on the Internet. Yeah, just Google it. It's there. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, I didn't grow up with Christmas music. so. Uh, All right. Bruce, you've never complained about referees, and I suspect you won't today. But if there was a day, this would be it. Is this the day you break your silence on refereeing? Well, you know, I think all the way back to last week when the Oilers were pushing back finally against uh, Carolina, sort of the one period that preceded their current win streak and there was five minutes to go in the third period and uh, they were trying to come back. Connor McDavid got hacked twice on his hands no call and then the play came and the guy skated into McDavid at the blue line he brought his stick up but standing there and started to protect himself and he got the penalty and that was the game over. And then I remember last night when Vegas was trying to come from behind, the guy just pulls the stick right out of Connor McDavid's hand, and all of a sudden now it's okay for the, you know, if the team is trailing, commits a foul, well, they're just trying to come back. You know, that's all fair, and it's hockey. And it kind of bugs me that the league has this, it seems like a double standard in a lot of games. Well, and it's, you know, I, I'm the point in my life where I sort of pull all the stories that, that have that similar theme and I put them in a box, like giving a, a, a second round pick for, for Peter Shirelli. And it, it just feels to me like since the Connor McDavid lottery, if you can screw the Oilers, you can do it. And it's out in the open and everything's fine. Put two really great expansion teams in their division, uh, you know, make them give up draft picks for nothing, including the Milan Lucic trade. It just it feels like there's a there's a growing list of bullet points that are infuriating, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. It's a hail of bullet points at this point, Alan. And uh, I mean, this business of having to give Boston a second-round draft pick for the privilege of taking Peter Shirelli's uh, fired contract off the hands, <laughs> stuff like that. My, my rule of thumb is that if there's two teams involved that the league is uh, have to favor the southernmost team, and as Edmonton is the most northerly team in the entire league, you know where we rank when it comes even even to Calgary, we lose. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, okay, let's talk third, about... Third round pick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the punchline for everything, you know? Yeah, yeah I know. You use it a lot. Well, you know, how much is that? How much is that cup of coffee? It's a third round pick. Uh, so... <laughs> The Oilers turnaround. I want you to talk about this because people don't believe me when I say it. I've been I've watched hockey for a long, long time. I remember the 1970 Canadians, and they were different because they'd won Stanleys on either side. But th- this Edmonton Oilers team is is borderline impossible. The hills and valleys are too much for this team, and yet we're here. Yeah, we're here, and they've uh, they've had a number of fans along the way. I've, I've read a number of people just saying, this is too much, I can't handle it anymore. And here we are in November, what, five points out of a playoff berth? And uh, and uh, uh, the teams that are, in, that are immediately in front are no great shakes. All right, they don't have to win the, with the Pacific. They just need to, uh, they just need to make the playoffs. And the last time I checked, that the team on the cut line was 500, as an yeah. old 500. Not even, you know, uh, they were just uh, got half the possible points to them, so they're hardly out of touch. And well, the Oilers, we know from past experience, they're well over a 600 team uh, in the past two years, and there's no reason really to think that they're not going to uh, get it together for uh, a stretch at uh, – some point enough to get back on top of that playoff cut line. Well, we do know that the Kale McCarr offside rule will probably impact the Oilers in the postseason. So, <sighs> you know, I saw some other team got got toes on that call the other night. Ottawa, <laughs> I think it was. Well, they got to keep up the ruse Amer- now. They're playing some American team, so you know how that one worked <laughs> out, right? <laughs> Once you have a ruse, you have that. The only way it works is, you know, the, every mob movie I've ever seen. Once it's a rule, it's a rule, Bruce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how much credit to the new coach and the new coaching staff? I don't know whether to give Coffee or Stewart credit for the defense, but how much credit to them? Uh, massive credit to Mark Stewart for the penalty kill. Yeah. Uh, they say that he's the one that sort of took on that duty, which is, I was thinking, Paul Coffey, penalty kill. I don't know about this one. And apparently it's been Mark Stewart, and the penalty kill is 18 for 18 in the last four games. And a huge difference maker in a couple of those games. You know, the power play. There was one game the power play scored three goals in three and a half minutes, and the penalty kill gave up zero goals in nine and a half minutes. And, you know, it's it's the special teams, which were such a strength for Edmonton before and really weren't in the first part of the season, have bounced back. How much of that is the coaching and change of systems? Uh, I'm not expert enough in the systems to tell you what they're doing different other than to say, Matthias Janmark, who wasn't always available to the previous coaching staff, made three great defensive plays yes. on the penalty kill last night that potentially were goal savers, each of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the turnaround. I, I, I want to ask you about the center position, but before I do that, I want to ask you about uh, a little bit about the defense. I was looking at Darnell Nurse's uh, minutes since the coaching change, and he's played mostly with CeCe, but uh, he's six yeah. goals, four or three against at five on five since the coaching change. 
And a lot of the, the, the goals for have come in very minute time with other defensemen. Uh, you know, it's kind of unusual. Bouchard, I think, is two goals for, one against. Kulak, two for, uh, goals for, one against. He seems to be, uh, uh, ad-libbing the, the, the defensive shuffle seems to be happening. And maybe it's because they're, they were down a man that one, t- that one game or something. But, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your take on Darnell Nurse. And I, like I see his passing better, but he's, he seems to be more authoritative, if that's the word, defensively too. Yeah, I agree. He's been a big part of that excellent penalty kill. Uh, and also, uh, um, he, he's picking his spots on when to take off. Last night he had a great rush on the penalty kill where he jumped into the play, got two good shots away and drew a penalty. And that put the end of that penalty kill. Uh, and he's, uh, uh, we at the Calder Hockey in the last three games have graded him eight, which is our code for great game. And he's had three of them in a row now by our estimation. And that was with, I believe, three different graders. So it's uh, uh, we're all seeing him good right now. Now, if you use too many graders in the beginning of the winter, do you have enough budget for later? Yeah, that's the question now, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll run out around Christmas, I think. <laughs> Okay, here, I want you to, I, because I lay awake thinking about these things, I want you to talk me down from the ledge, okay? I'll try. All right. So, do you remember in Ot 6 when the Oilers, they had Mark Pouliot, they had some other guys, and they decided they would trade Marty Reasoner away at the deadline. They didn't need Marty Reasoner. And then Pouliot got mono, and they had to call Rem Murray back from, you know, Iceland or wherever he was. And th- that was their fourth-line center running through. So, when I look at this this team right now, I'm liking James Hamblin, but I'm worried about Ryan McLeod. I know he's going to recover because he's a young player, and his, his previous year was really good. That line maybe needs an Ivan Barbashev uh, to go with Fogel and McLeod. But, you know, he's, he's a good player. You can't give up on him. But how long do you wait for McLeod to turn the corner in a year when you've got to have everybody pulling on the rope? Well, that's a great question. You know, last night he played about 70 or 80 percent of a pretty good game last night. He was actually involved in the play, got a couple of dangerous shots, made a good pass. Uh, you know, he was um, he was all right, but he can't score. And, he, and when he gets a great chance, he can't even seem to hit the net. Uh, and, I mean, he missed. An, he was five feet in front, I think, two games ago. He got a pass. Direct, he was directly between the goalposts. It was harder to miss the net than it was to hit it, and he missed it. And he's been missing, the, you know, those very best chances. And it's not even like the goalies have been, been robbing him. He's been hurting himself or there was one last night where Fogel was coming around on the wrap around and if he stopped at the edge of the blue paint he had a tap in on the rebound but of course he curled behind the net and the rebound went to nobody and that kind of stuff over time starts to drive me nuts <laughs> I gotta say and then there was a the play in the third period where the guy is out there for his defense and he too has been good on the penalty kill let's, let's, let's say that but on the tying goal he had the goal scorer in the corner. He skated away from the corner ahead of the guy. He glanced over his shoulder, saw the guy standing alone in front of the net, and then he turned his attention back to the puck. And he stood five feet behind Fogel while Keegan Kosar, the deadly goal scorer for Vegas, is left entirely alone in front of the net to take it out of the air and knock it in for the tying goal. And I mean, that just isn't acceptable. 
Yeah. And I like I I love young players who develop in the system. Yeah. He's really good, but he's two point one million, and he's got to you got to justify your roster spot in a year when they want to win the Stanley. Yeah. Well, this is two years in a row, Alan, where the Oilers have have bridged uh, two guys, and they gave them big raises. Uh, uh, last year it was Puljujarvi and Yamamoto got three million each. This year it's McLeod and. Bouchard, who got two and four million. So basically, two guys went from a million bucks a year to an average of three million bucks a year in each of the two years. And both Paul Yarby and Yamamoto failed the test. And to this point, McLeod is failing the test, and, and only Bouchard of the four is sort of delivered at the next level. Now, once his expectations go up with the salary, of course, and you don't expect the play just to stay the same, you certainly don't expect it to get worse. But uh, it, it also kind of keeps the pressure on these guys a little bit, that, that those expectations are there, and so, sometimes they can't quite handle it. Yeah. And I'm hoping that this is something he'll work through. I mean, he did have an injury in training camp, and we don't really know what it was. But that kept him out of the entire preseason. And there are signs he's getting better, but, man, it's taken time. It 21 has. games. Now, now I, and I will admit, I've, I've admitted on this show earlier uh, last hour, I, I'm I'm privately enraged that Philip Broberg isn't playing, and I think that Raphael Lavoie should be playing too. But on the other side of the coin, holy hell, James Hamblin! Yeah, yeah. Well, he uh, he just keeps sneaking up on us. You know, he uh, he was a really sharp signing, uh, even just to an AHL contract as a you know overage junior and three-year captain of Medicine Hat, and that got my attention right away. You don't see that very often. And you think that's a guy that's probably got a, a lot of character built into him. And I watch him play, and he's not that big of a guy, but, man, he plays a 200-foot game all the way to the end boards behind his own net. And now, finally, the offense is starting to come a little bit. He's got three points in the last five games. And, geez, he probably hasn't played more than about 40 minutes in those games. So that's a <laughs> you can't expect that rate to continue. But it's nice to know that the guy knows where the net is and and uh, can uh, put the puck in there occasionally or pass it to someone else who can. I mean, last night that line had, a, uh, you know, one really nice goal and another, just a beautiful play that uh, uh, from Hamblin to Gagne to Ernie that uh, – that, um, uh, Logan Thompson stopped, and you know there was some some real threat there, and, and it's so nice to see from the fourth line, and they've been missing it. Yeah, uh, verse two. A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride, and soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. He got into a drifted bank, and then he got upsot. Bruce, upsot. Is that like upset? But it has to rhyme. No, it's upside down. Upsot. Oh, ups- oh, okay. Oh, upside down. Okay. Yeah, well, it still rhymes, I guess. Fanny Fanny Bright? That sounds promising. F- Fanny Bryce. Do you not know the song? <laughs> I know the first verse. In fact, I think I maybe only know the chorus when it comes to that. I know the tune. You know, what do you do when you walk? You know, like, uh, what's going on in there? To, I don't listen to Christmas jingles, I can assure you. <laughs> I listen to the low down and low tide on the Internet Archives. What else would I do? Bless you, Bruce McCurdy. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. (laughs) Me too, Alan. Bruce McCurdy. If you ever want to know, if you're driving through a small town and you see two old guys on a bench and you're saying, what are they talking about? You basically heard it now. 
It's we're just bitching and moaning about Gary Bettman and the price of oil or coffee or rum. You know, I'm more of a, a Crown Royal drinker and I, I've been getting a lot of that for free lately. People are buying me that, which is, I was at a, I was at a, uh, a, uh, garage sale this summer and a gentleman comes over and he said, I'm here to buy a book and here's a bottle of Crown Royal. And it's a big bottle of Crown Royal, and there was a little bottle with it, the Apple Royal, I don't know what it was. Um, and and then I said, well, let me give you the book. And, exchange, and he would not do that. I, he had to pay for the book, too. I was so happy. I still have that. And I just finished up the one that Uremchuk gave me, uh, whatever it was, a year and a half ago. Um, so Low Tide's happy. I'm happy with the free stuff. By the way, I will tell you that I am going to be making a public appearance not with Declan, but I'm going to be making a public appearance in the next 10 days. And I would be available to sign a book and you could win a book and win something else too that is pretty special. I can't tell you too much, but you might be able to meet Declan if you take part in the raffle and if you were to win the raffle or the draw or whatever they're called. What do you people call it now, you young people? Yeah, raffle, I think. I was just going to say, not a bad prize. Could be a lot worse. Well, we're going to have to clean the chairs and make sure that there's a set of, a set of headphones. That's all I'll tell you. You know, and maybe a microphone over there. Just saying. Probably. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 at 123. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. And was that a song from your favorite five? It was not. That was that was uh, that was Biggie. That was the guy who they were singing oh, about in the last right. song. Well, yeah, that was go. him. Okay. One of his all time. One of his all time classics. Now you played two songs in a row that you wanted to play. Do you think you could play "Satellite of Love" by Lou Reed for me? I can absolutely play "Satellite of Love." And uh, you know what's funny? Actually, I asked you any song requests coming out of this break, but you already had the headphones on, and then I was oh. like, oh, I'll just roll with. I'll just roll with you. Well, you know what? And you're you're giving us an education. Yeah, it's all good. I tried. Just because... Old gold college try. Somebody told me recently, a friend of mine told me, I think, they might not think of themselves as a friend, but I think of them as a friend. I've got a lot of that going on. So, they said, when from the time you're like 14 to about 23 or so, that decade, whatever it is, that's your music. And it might be 12 to 22. It might, whenever you are on listening to the radio, that's your music. And it doesn't matter where you go. It's why I love Deep Purple. And it's why I love Elton John and David Bowie and T-Rex and Emmylou Harris. And, you know, all of the people who are making songs in that era, you know, like I, I love young Americans and I love fame. My dad hated the song fame so much. And that made me love the song more. So it's an interesting theory, but I don't think it resonates for my generation because I think as we got older, streaming became so much more prevalent. There was so much more access to music. Like I would say my music taste developed truly for me around 2021. Well, how old are you now? I'm 25-ish. So in the last four years, all of the music you value has come out. No, I guess not the last four, but I, I think it definitely hit later. I think it definitely later. Like I remember, you know, driving to the school, driving to school in the morning, listening to you know Sonic one hundred two nine and and the bounce and stuff like that. But I don't think I that really became my music taste. I think I found my own. Do way you want to list later. any other competing radio stations there while you're talking? Well, I think the bounce shut down, so clearly we've got one up on them. 
Um, you know, different kind of thing for for Sonic. We're, we don't got we don't worry about them. They worry about us. <laughs> Garner texted me and he said, "I'm so glad you guys are on at twelve. Otherwise, I'd be out of a job." And I said, now all- that we're on the conversation, I will tell you a funny story that happened to me. Um, I might have told it before, but I don't remember how old he was. Maybe he was like fourteen or fifteen. So my son goes, um, I come home one day and he's like, I said, hey, what are you listening to? He says, I'm listening to Lane Mitchell um, on the, the Sonic. I think he does the more afternoon drive, maybe. Is that correct? Who's, who's this, sir? Lane Mitchell, I think was his name. Or something. Yeah, I'm sure it was Lane Mitchell. Small fish compared to us, but go on. No, but he, he says that. And, and that happens to be, you know, very close to my name. And I said to my son, I was in sales at the time, I said, you know, son, uh, I was on the radio, uh, Alan Mitchell on the radio for many years in Edmonton, and I was playing top 40 music in Edmonton. And I did that for like a long, long time as Alan Mitchell. And my son says, yeah, this is Lane Mitchell. <laughs> no, no recognition. No, like, hey, dad, that's pretty cool. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, not that I expected like a parade or anything, but it would have been nice to just say, Dad, you've had a really cool life. That sounds like a lot of fun. No, no, nope. Yeah, now this other guy, he he's worth listening to. Unbelievable. You know, kids, they, they say the darndest things. My music palette developed in my 20s, all types of genres. Okay. Before it was just hip hop. Good music or timeless class. I agree with that. I agree with that. Rap isn't music. Oh, come on. You know, I, like just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it isn't, you know, good. You know, I like I'll be honest with you. I I am not I don't understand opera. I know it's great. Everybody loves it. And it was in Moonstruck, so it has to be good. I just don't, under, I don't get it. Right. I, I love the voices in Shawshank Redemption. The, they were soaring and it was, I loved that. I love Ave Maria, but I don't really get it. Okay. And I will be all, further honest and say that I know people love jazz, but, and I like Take Five and I love Miles Davis. I love Miles Davis. Bitches Brew, lots of stuff that I love about Miles Davis. But I, and Oscar Peterson, I love Oscar Peterson. The Cole Porter songbook, I have that record. But a lot of the, the like, involved jazz where it's like they're meandering for 78 minutes, I'm not there. Even that, I still can appreciate these great musicians and that they're reaching people on a level that is just soaring Right, because music is the is just it's it's divine. It's it's a gift from above, and so whatever whatever floats your boat, you just buy that and giddy up. Make sure you pay for it. Go on Spotify or whatever the case may be. I think of you as a friend, LT. Aw, that's very sweet, here, Candy. Fiftieth anniversary of rap, but it's not music. LOL. <laughs> well, I it, it is music. It is if it if it if it appeals to like I have a lot of people who poo poo and do other worse things than that about country music, and I always defend it. 
because there's a lot of country music that is not great. But the, the music that is country music that reaches you, that, that speaks to you, that talks to you about in, in words that you can understand, that, that is like very, very roots and right at the heart and soul of your human being. I mean, that is it. That's it. Angel from Montgomery. My God, what a great song. If I needed you, what a great song. Like there's, there's a, Billion great country songs. I can't help it if I'm still in love with you. Crazy. And every musical genre has that. Otherwise, it wouldn't survive. Hmm. Sometimes I read things from previous shows that were sent in, and I don't understand them. What were they talking about carts on the, the oh, show? Oh, let me tell you. Well... I came in a, a little bit blind as well. Apparently, in one of the segments in the Carrier Show, I think Brandon said he doesn't put his cart back all the oh, time. Oh, no, you have to put your cart back. Well, it, it, listen, it, it, it brought the masses together because there was an uprising and voices were heard. People were mad about it. People were there. But you know what? I'll say this. I'll say this. A couple people texted in and said that if they had worked at a grocery store in the past as, you know, someone who puts the cart away, they quite enjoyed it because it gave them a chance to, you know, get out of the store, go enjoy the fresh air. So... You know, I don't know. It, it was mixed. It was mixed. But de- uh, one side definitely favored. You got to put your cart away. It's common you courtesy. You have to put your cart away because otherwise it's going to flow down the road and run into somebody's car. No, no. No, you put your cart away. We're, we live in a society here. You can't just be pell-mell throwing things all over hell's half acre. Otherwise, you look like Declan's apartment. I've never been in Declan's apartment. In fact, if he paid me, I wouldn't go in there. Open invite. No, you ever I'm not. Come over? I don't want to see you socially. I can make you please dinner. understand. I I know you now. I would like to meet your mom and and your, your dad. Careful. And have, have them here. What? <laughs> have them here. I have them here. You know, and your sister and your little brother. We could have a show, but I I like you know. <laughs> but you just don't want to. You don't want to hang out and watch the game with me. Have dinner. Play a board because game because we're gonna talk, and then I'm gonna find out about your life, yeah. and then it's gonna be awkward. You know, I'm gonna like your girlfriend, and then you know, I'm gonna ask about her, and then you're gonna tell me stuff, and then I'm gonna know. And then we get here in that deep dark secret. I told you, you can't it's look just, me in the eyes anymore. It's just yeah. it it just happens, right? And then you find out stuff about the person, All right, and I'll then work. you go, oh dear, and then you start to overthink, and then it's just better to know nothing about anybody. I'll work, no play. I get it. I can, no, yeah, I can live with well, that. If we didn't work together, I could see you socially. Now, that doesn't apply to anybody that I used to work with because I don't want to <laughs> see them either. But, you know, I do have a social life. It's just it's it's quieter than you would think. It's it's um, it's tea or maybe it's lunch at a cafe. Uh, it's, you know, I, I usually tease and berate the people that I'm with. So you got to hang in with me. I'm a load. I really am quite a lot. You know, I don't know why people go out for lunch with me. Opera, if you speak German or Italian. Okay. Country music is when you shoot yourself in the foot with a bottle of whiskey for the weekend, playing the same song over and over. No. You're like the uncle I never wanted, Low Tide. Well, that's lovely. That's from Bowens. You know, I... I feel, I feel the emotion. You know, the, the, the real warmth of the relationship is coming through the radio today. LT, you and Declan get me through every shift. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Brandon. 
LT, I feel the same. I work in personal lives don't make. I just don't want to, like, I just, I don't want to. And so people who know me privately, I think would have a different view of me as a human being. Uh, you know, probably not as positive. <laughs> you know, I don't think, I do not think I'm I'm as nice a person off the air as I um, I try to project on the air. I think most of us are like that. Adding to the, put the card away, when you go to a fast food place and stay to eat, do you take your tray and dump your garbage or just get up and leave? People who get up and leave are horrible people from Phil. I agree. You have to, you should, now I'm not saying you have to take a cloth and clean it off, but you should make sure that the table you leave would not be disgusting for the next person to come along. Now, at a restaurant, it doesn't matter because they're going to have somebody clean it anyway and take all the dishes away. But if it's at a fast food, like we've got the the West Edmonton Mall kiosk thing here. If you're sitting at one of those places, take everything and and don't like spit on the table and clean it up, but make sure it's clean. The interview you need to do with Declan's teacher is from Australia. I'm trying. But she, the, the older Mrs. Andrews is no longer with us. Is, is that correct? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 it was, well, I guess it would have been like, what, 17, 18 years ago? I don't know. I'll, so I, do you I, think I everybody dies when you are not knowing them? Like you, you left grade <laughs> one and then they dropped dead. Well, she was an old lady to begin with. Well, she wasn't an old lady to begin with. She was an older person <laughs> to you. You don't know. She could have been 46 and you would go, old lady, when you're in grade one. Cause who the hell, what, you have no idea how old she is. No, I well, I had an idea. If you it wasn't forty six. If you had me in grade one, you'd say, "Yeah, he's an old guy. He's got gray hair." That is true. There is some yeah. truth to that. But she was she was genuinely an old lady. Well, you say that you don't know how old she was. Like she was past retirement age. I you would do imagine. not know that. You can't know that because you're in grade one. You're six. I was very observant. No, six year olds don't know Jack. I had I had I had a great eye for this kind of thing. I'm giving you that coffee cup, even though it's no use to you. Six year, I, I, look, I love six year old people. They're wonderful. They're funny. They say what they think. They don't have any filter. My daughter used to wander around and tell people that the smoking was disgusting <laughs> when she was six, six years old because I had said it to her. And then she would just, because kids are kids. They don't know they're not supposed to say that. That was you at six. You thought she was a hundred. She was probably 38. She was at least 70. I'm telling you right now, teaching grade one is not something 70-year-old people can do. Do you know how impossible? Yes, that is my point, too. Do you know how impossible it is to teach children anything? Even just herding them into a room, it's hard. Low Tide, you're preaching to the choir. What have I, I been saying? I will tell you that I got called to the schools that my children went to often, and the two reasons were, number one, not paying attention, number two, getting into a fight. And then I got in trouble because I went to the principal's office and my wife was there and they said, okay, we've talked to your wife. This is what the situation is. Do you have any questions? And I said, the one thing a man can never say when his son is in a fight at school. Do you know what it is? What? Did he win? <laughs> oh, my God. And the whole tarnation thing went. Everybody, my wife was mad. The teacher was mad. Everybody was like, well, this is the kind of thing that causes this. And I'm like, I just want to know. And then I finally found out that he did, and then I was happy. 
LT, are you sure you and I weren't separated at birth from Lars? I don't know. Or it might be it might be Larry. I'm not sure. Oh, Bone says, LT, it was supposed to read, you're the uncle I never knew I wanted. Okay, like the Simpsons episode where Homer met his brother. I do want you. See? It's all, see, it's, it's just, I can, I'm, I feel like I'm Elton John in that movie. Can you feel the love tonight? All right. More on music, more on the Oilers, more on, more on. 142. Low down with low tide. That Lou Reed song I requested doesn't sound like I thought it did. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick, corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Do you just not listen to me? Like, I made a request. Well, you know what? I'll say this. I did forget. That was pretty evident. Um, but silver lining, it's not in the system. So, you know. Satellite of Love by Lou Reed is not in the system. It is not. We have Walk on the Wild Side, and that is the only Lou Satellite Reed Satellite of Love. Yes, yes. It's not in the system. <sighs> I'm not lying. You can come look no, at it. No, no. I'm going to talk to Terry about that. Probably has it on vinyl somewhere. Declan was still in grade one when he was 16. That's cruel. Well, how old were you in grade one? How old are you in grade one? Six or seven? Yeah, but the last time. 11 or 12. Okay. It all got pretty blurry. Whenever a low tide requests a song, just play what you want and tell them it's a remix. That's actually pretty clever. Hey, Al, my daughter teaches grade one. It's not a job for an older person. Very tough, requires great patience. I volunteer at a place that sometimes deals with grade one. I'm interacting for 30 seconds with some of them, and I want to strangle them. It, you know, I will just say that, that I used to go pick my, chil- my children up when they were in grade one and three in kindergarten and all of that. And I, I would say to Mrs. Japunjus, who was one of the teachers, very nice person, I would say to her, if I had your job... Ten minutes after the opening bell, I would go to my car and I would drive home, and that would be the end of my teaching career. It's and and I was in my you know forties then, or yeah, and like it's it is not easy, and and you know, and I say this, and people won't believe me, or there'll be a bunch of not nice comments come in, but I used to see my kids' teachers in August. At Staples, and I, I would go into Staples quite often. I still do, for various reasons. And I'd go into Staples, and I would see them, and I would say hi, and I would say, "What are you doing?" And they say, "Well, I'm buying supplies." And I would say something like, "Oh, so the 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 school division gives you money to go buy supplies for your room?" No, they buy supplies for two reasons. Number one, some kids can't afford it. Some kids they get the list, but they don't fill it out, and then every kid will lose something. And I know that because my son lost four trillion pairs of gloves and mittens when he was in school. Did you ever do that? Yeah, I lost I lost quite a pairs quite a few pairs of mittens and quite a few toques as well. I think I'd always kind of come home empty. And because one thing was what if we were playing like soccer at recess or something, we were even if it was November, a little bit of light snow, no snow, we were required to wear these. The teachers made us wear them, but you would take them off anyway, leave them out there, and just yeah, they would get lost in the shuffle. So mm. I don't know about four trillion, but I lost quite a few. Also, I ha- our friend 
Don Ellis here tweeted us the uh, Lou Reed Satellite of Love, Love official audio. I can play it if you'd like. Well, no, that's fine. You blew the moment and you didn't yeah. have it. You know, I mean, it's it, life goes on. I'm used to disappointment. I'm not that upset. I listened to it like yesterday. So it's a great song. Bowie does a fabulous little cameo. I feel like you offended Tyler Uremchuk. He gets you a bottle and you don't want to see him. It's even worse than that. He came to my house. He gave it to me. I didn't invite him in and I never bought him anything in return. And he did it as a thank you as he was heading off to the uh, uh, Frank Sarvalli years of his life. And it was very sweet that he did that. And I returned to him nothing. What's this about Declan's mom? We're not going there. I'm sorry I brought it up. It's a very sore point. Who did she look like again? Jennifer Aniston? She just looks like a lady. I don't know. Just a just a woman. We've broken you, haven't we? <laughs> How long have we worked together and you're no longer... Now you don't say anything. I don't know. Feels I don't know like where I grew up. I don't know what, what what school I went to. I don't know what grade I was in. Remember when people sang with music instead of talking? Such garbage. No, it, it isn't garbage. It's a different style of of communication, and it's a different form of entertainment. You know, like... This is the same... This is a different angle of when people say Neil Young can't sing. Neil Young sings beautifully. I love Neil Young's voice. After the Gold Rush, Harvest Moon, all kinds of wonderful song. It is not a traditional voice. Getty Lee doesn't have a traditional voice. The girl who sings and released the Archers, and I'm offended to myself that I don't know her name, she doesn't have a regular voice. It's okay. It, if it appeals to you, if you like it, then enjoy it, you know? Louis Armstrong doesn't have a fabulous voice, but my God, I love it. I love the sound of his voice. Put your card away or I will cut you. This seems severe. You know, to be fair, he did send the emoji with the oh, winky okay. eye tongue out. I think that eases it a little bit. This comes from, it doesn't have a name, just thanks. Uh, when you said the question you had to school staff, I said out loud, did he win too? My partner disgusted with me. Then I laughed when you said the same. She relaxed her reaction because you thought the same. I did. I want, like, it's, you have to understand males, we are just who we are. You can't, you can't, you know, you just have to let us understand we're never going to be as, as, um, as, Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? As understanding and as open and as charitable and as empathetic, I don't think, as as uh, the average man is going to be less of that than the average woman, in my opinion, certainly from my generation. I think I'm fairly empathetic, but I also wanted to know if he won, and I do not... I know now it's bad, apparently. No different than the mechanic having to buy their own tools. Only difference is I don't get summers off. Here we go. It, they don't need to buy it. They don't have to buy these stuff for the kids. They do because they care about the kids and they don't want their kids to be embarrassed. Surely to God people understand that. This is not an, a difficult thing. Don't make it about, you know, mechanic tools because then the mechanics are going to look like bad people and they're not. They're all good people. 
How old is Declan? 26. He's almost wittier than you already. Why are we doing this? Why are we picking on me? Why are we picking on me? Wow, people are mad at rappers. Holy mackerel. Well, it's just one guy. Oh, is it? Okay. Jeez, that's some major league heat there. Gary from the Grove, low tide sounds like the champ. I say his pardon? Yeah, I've had that asked before. I've never... Uh, the champ is smarter than me. <laughs> he gets he gets paid for for voicing commercials. I've voiced commercials many many times in my life, and I have been paid for it, but not you know if I work for like for this radio station or for any of our sister stations, I would do it for free. I would not charge them because I'm employed here, and I you know, I mean, I, it's not like I have a national voice. I have a different kind of a voice, but it's not like I'm Lauren Dam Green or anything. I think the issue is people that don't put their carts away are scum of the earth. Well, I don't. That's a little strong. (laughs) I'm not talking about Declan's mom anymore. Neil Young scientifically can't sing well. He has major pitch issues. It works for him and his fans, though. Thank you. It's. I had a conversation online with somebody about his guitar playing. I love Zuma, the album Zuma, because in three or four of the songs, uh, uh, Cortez the Killer, um, Barstool Blues, uh, and the one about birds, uh, Danger Bird, uh, his guitar is just, it, it makes a sound that that I'd never heard before at the time, and I've gone back to it in my life, and I listen to it, and I go, my God, that's incredible. And some of his live versions, like Live Rust and Rust Never Sleeps and other live versions of Powderfinger are just off the charts emotional because of his guitar and because of his voice. So he reaches places maybe that a that a trained singer can't. But if you're saying, you know, is Karen Carpenter a better singer than, or was Karen Carpenter a better singer than Neil Young? The answer, of course, is yes, or Anne Murray. I'm just trying to keep people at the grocery store employed. Okay. People who don't put their carts away listen to rap. Well, that is, you know, I can't end the show yet because we've got three more minutes, but that would have been a great way to end the show. Rap stands for rhythm and poetry. There you go. LT, your voice is a national treasure. Well, now we're just, we're just, you know, I don't have any money, if that's the thing. That, we're just over-complimenting now. Have I ever over-complimented you? Far from. Okay, I, I, I have to read this. This is from a friend, and it's really funny, okay? Um... I have to read this. This is from a friend. Does Declan rage type all the time? Sounds like an old newsroom in the background. Ha ha. I, I, how long have we, how many weeks have we done this show? I think it's, it's about 12 now. Okay. Maybe, maybe 11. I get probably at least one a day, probably more than that. 
people talking about your typing. Is like I at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm one of two trains. One train says buy him a new keyboard, but the other train says no, get him a louder one. Which train should I take? I like it right where it is. To be fair, I don't. Let's let's not fix what's not broken. Okay, well, it's the one thing on the show we can say that about. So let's let's go that way then. Only hot time I hate rappers is after Halloween. You called Declan adequate once, I think. Yeah, I had been ill that day. All right. I enjoyed today very much. As always, we have fun. Thank you so much for tuning into the Lowdown. Jason Greger is on the way next. And we have outro music now. We don't have intro music, but we have outro music. So we're, we're really coming along as a radio show. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what really quickly. I had asked Connor, did you play the outro the day you filled in for me? And he said, yeah, I did. And Low Tide really liked it. And I was like, ah. I like the intro, too, but you don't do that. I can do that as well. Okay. I like what we got going on, though. We're doing okay. So, in answer, no. Thanks so much for tuning into the Lowdown. Jason Greger, next, it's time for a sports update.